0: It is I, your host Alexis Barber, back for another solo episode. And this one is going to be about my April favorites and answering a bunch of your questions from this past month. I'm excited to do another solo app. I love sitting down and just chatting, honestly. Um, I'm currently in like such a mood because I had to literally kick Jeff out this morning. He drives me insane in the morning sometimes. And like, uh, I can't, like, he takes forever to do anything and I'm just like sitting here like I need to record can you please leave I hate to kick him out but like get out of my house you know what I'm saying this is why we don't live together is because we have very different ways of doing things (laughs) but anyway I'm really excited to sit down and chat and answer a bunch of questions that I've been getting across Instagram TikTok the whole nine yards before we get started obviously as you know Mother's Day is coming up which means that if you want to be a good daughter, if you want to be a good niece, or maybe you are a mother and you need to treat yourself or you need someone to treat you, you need a too cozy robe. So you know I've been working on my robe brand for a very long time. The most rewarding moment when I launched my robes was when a friend of mine who purchased the robe posted wearing it while she was with her brand new baby. And I literally just started crying because it just made me realized that I had done what I had set out to do, which is create a product that was functional, but then was there for you in those moments when you are truly like at your, you know, calmest, when you're at home in those moments of just pure joy where you are relaxing on the couch, maybe watching TV or enjoying something with like a friend or with a loved one. And seeing her wear it with this brand new baby just made me recognize like, oh my God, like that's such a special moment that they are having in their life that will only be there once. And my product is a part of that. And that is so rewarding for me. And I think motherhood has so many rewarding moments and so many ups and so many downs. And the best thing you can do for yourself or for the mothers in your life is to give them something that I honestly think will be there to support them in their best moments when they're taking care of themselves and comfort them in those their worst moments when they're having a bad day. And that's sort of how... My robe and I work together and that's how your robe can work with you if you choose to purchase it too. So you can use the the promo code PODCAST15 for 15% off if you want to order for Mother's Day. And just so it gets there on time, I would definitely say order by the 30th of April so that we can get your order to you on time. With all that being said, let's get into some... Q and A, some of my favorites, and I really just want to jump into my experience at Wharton Welcome Weekend and answer all of your guys's questions about Wharton because that was such a big like that was such a big piece of my life this month. But also, I got so many questions about it that I want to have all answered in one place before I get started. And then we'll jump into some of my April favorites. I love doing like a monthly roundup of the things that I've like been enjoying. So with that being said, let's get into some Wharton Q&A. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, which you should be, because obviously you should. um, I was at Wharton Admit weekend um, from the 14th to the 16th when everybody else was at Coachella. Believe me, I went to Coachella last year. I don't need to ever go back. Genuinely, I do not. And the um, I got t- tons of questions from you guys about how did you like it? And then, of course, for people who don't already know that I've gotten into Wharton and my story with it, they were curious about how I applied, when I applied, what other schools I applied to, etc. So what I'm going to do now is just take you through my application process, why I chose Wharton, and then answer some questions about what, about what I learned while I was there, and how I think business school is going to look for me. And then maybe we can compare this to when I actually start in the fall, maybe a year from now, we can be like, Alexis, hmm, did you really enjoy it? What were your thoughts? My application process was I decided that I wanted to get an MBA when I was in college, when I was in the summer between my junior and senior year. So my at the end of my sophomore year let's back it up a little bit end of my sophomore year i applied to something called management leadership for tomorrow's career prep program so it's called MLt it's for black and brown people who are interested in business and it sort of connects you with a bunch of fortune 500 companies and gives you guidance on how to prepare for an internship how to prepare for interviews and stuff like that and their career prep program you are in from your sophomore year to the end of your or to the beginning of your senior And so I joined that after my best friend, Tyler, he was in it or he was applying to it and he was like, oh, you should join this too. And we at Northwestern were really like the only black people interested in business. All the other black kids at Northwestern, which there were probably maybe like 400 of us total. um, Yeah, that's how it is in those schools. We're interested in being uh, doctors, lawyers, or going into tech. So my boyfriend and all of his friends were software engineers or they were like artist types. And then Tyler and I were like the only business people. All of our other friends were going into like law and stuff like that. So my biggest takeaway from MLT, you essentially go to three different conferences. You connect with tons of different employers. My biggest takeaway from it was that I got to meet other black and brown people who were also interested in having the same career trajectory as me, which is something that was very new to me. I had discovered business. I didn't realize that like business was a thing. I didn't realize you could make money from things other than being a doctor or a lawyer until my sophomore year of college. Like I genuinely didn't know that. And at the time I was working at a law firm um, as an assistant, like a small law firm in Evanston, and I didn't really think I wanted to be a lawyer. The hours were really crazy, but I didn't know how I was going to get to that place where I'd be making a lot of money. I worked on the business side of tech were a way for me to do that, and that was something MLT really helped me with. MLT also has a graduate program, so that's why I wanted to bring it up, is that if you are post-grad and you want to apply for your MBA and you fall into the category of being black or brown, joining the MLT MBA prep program is really, really helpful because it hel- it connects you with these top schools. They have the same three conferences that you can go to to connect with the schools. You can hear from people who've gotten their MBAs and how it's helped them, um, and They also help you with your essays, with, you know, the GMAT prep and stuff like that. So they have two different programs, the career prep, which I did, and then the MBA prep. While I was in um, career prep, of course, they do allude to, hey, you might want to get your MBA at some point. So that's when I learned about the MBAs of the world. I didn't really know that it was a thing. And while I was in MLT, that's what I learned about. And I was like, okay, cool. This could be something for me. But on the other side of it, when you're in tech, this is sort of like the height of tech Um, in like 2018, 2019, everyone was like, you don't need to get an MBA if you work in tech. Like, you could just learn here, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe in that and I never did. And I'm really glad I trusted my little 20 year old gut on that because you've seen how tech is changing today. And I knew it would have to change. I mean, like, Google was only 20 years old, or is only 20 years old, and if you look at like the top companies to work for in 2008, it was like Lehman Brothers, and we knew what happened there, so I knew that I wanted to have something in my back pocket, and in case I did want to change my career, and I knew very early on that I did not want to work in tech for the rest of my life, entrepreneurship has always been my goal. I minored in entrepreneurship in college, and I always knew that it was something I wanted to do. So, I was like, let me have this MBA on the back burner for me. During that time, a lot of us who were in MLT's career prep program, we applied to this program at Harvard Business School called SVMP, Summer Venture and Management Program, where you go to Harvard Business School for a week, you take classes like an MBA, you live on campus like an MBA. And you get the full experience to see what it would be like. The, you do the case method, you do homework, you're in your groups and stuff like that. And it was honestly such a great experience. And that made me realize, one, I do think I want to have this experience. And two, you know what? Um. I don't know if I really want to go to Harvard because everything is taught in the case method. And um, of course, I still applied. That name value is definitely there. But that was sort of my introduction of why I decided to apply to my MBA while I was still in college. I did something called deferred enrollment where a lot of the top schools at this time, it was the first year for many of them were allowing you to apply as a senior in college and then if you get in you have to wait between 2 to 4 years to actually matriculate to the school. So I decided to do that because I knew I wanted to have something in my back pocket and I knew I wanted to be able to take risks in my early career without fearing what the next step would be and always knowing that I could get my MBA and I wouldn't have to like take the time out of my career to study for the GMAT or apply to things would be really, really helpful for me. So I decided to do this. My friend at the time, who was also an MLT with me and two of our other friends in our friend group, we all applied at the same time. And I chose to apply to four schools. So I applied to Kellogg, Columbia, Wharton and Harvard and I applied to these schools for a few different reasons Um, Obviously Kellogg is a top school, but I went to Northwestern undergrad So I wanted to just you know, it was free to apply So I decided to do that Wharton because I knew a lot of people from undergrad who had went to Penn undergrad And I had never considered Penn undergrad Northwestern was my dream school Like I genuinely didn't want to go anywhere else. So I didn't really look at Penn But while we were in MLT, I met so many cool people who had gone to Penn undergrad and I realized like wow the black community here is like so strong like I wish we had had that at Northwestern because as I said before there were no other black people like interested in business at Northwestern and I felt like the Penn people all had that and I was like oh my god this is crazy and Wharton is obviously ranked number one so that obviously played into my decision then Harvard because it's Harvard and because we had been at the program at Harvard so I'd had relationships with the professors there and then Columbia because it was in New York so those were the four schools I applied to. Many people asked me, why didn't you apply to Stanford if you knew you wanted to do entrepreneurship? The answer to that is I hate the Bay Area. The Bay Area has its perks. I love the weather. I love the food. But there are no black people there. And everyone is in tech and it's just kind of like the same person over and over again. So I did not. I just felt like Stanford was like so... Ugh, to me. I just like did not like it. Um, and also, it's a very competitive environment, and I just did not really want to be a part of that. The idea for going to business school while wanting to be an entrepreneur, I actually got from the CEO of Stitch Fix. I don't know if you guys have heard of that company, but she was on how I built this, um, which is any budding entrepreneur's favorite podcast. And how I built this, she talked about how she wanted to be an entrepreneur. She wanted to start her own company. She didn't have an idea, but she decided to go to business school. And while she was there, take a leap into entrepreneurship. And if that panned out, great. If it didn't pan out, she had an MBA. That's where I got the idea from this, honestly. And that's why it's so important to like share your story, I think, because I never would have seen how MBAs could fit into my entrepreneurship journey if I had not heard that podcast, you know? So I applied to those four schools. The timeline for this, the applications for deferred enrollment are due in April of your senior year. I took the GRE. I studied for the GRE all of winter quarter. So from December to February of my senior year, we were on the quarter system at Northwestern, not semesters. And then I took the GRE in March and February, March of my senior year. The reason I chose to take the GRE was because you can use the GRE to apply to law school, to other master's programs. Programs, so lots of different things and your score is valid for five years. So I wanted to give myself the option In the case at this time I was still working at the law firm. I had also taken the LSAT because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to law school or not. Thank God I definitely don't want to go to law school. I decided that at the time I was like, whatever program I get into, I might want to apply to a JD MBA program where you get your law degree and your MBA at the same time. So I was considering that. That's why I took the GRE. Other people take the GMAT and that's because they're like very steady, like want to go to business school, but business schools also accept the GRE. So that's why I chose to do that. Then I took the GRE. It was hell to study for. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it for anybody. It was really really t- difficult. I also took it at one of like the darkest probably the darkest point in my life, like my rock bottom as a human being. I did not enjoy it whatsoever. Um people have asked me what my score was and I choose not to share that just because I think that when you hear somebody else's score, you start to compare yourselves to them. And then you think, oh, what she did is only possible if I got that score. And I just don't think that that's productive for anybody. So I'm not sharing my score. But I applied. Um, I submitted all my applications. And then because it was 2020, everything got delayed. And we actually didn't find out if we got in until July. I did interviews for every school. My interview for I, – and I got into every school except for Harvard – I, did, I bombed my interview for Harvard. They asked me questions about quantitative stuff, like exactly how many people did you impact while you were president of this club percentage-wise? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, and so I bombed that interview. But as I've said many times before, I do think that that was a blessing in disguise because I am such a good fit for Wharton and no shade to my HBS girlies, but I have heard some pretty negative things ever since getting into this world where I'm talking to other people about why they chose their schools and did they like their MBA program and, The Harvard people seem to be a little bit more competitive. You also have to go to class every day and everything is taught via the case method, which as I said before, is not a way I'd like to learn like accounting, you know, and you have to go to class five days a week. It's mandatory. So there's a lot less flexibility with your schedule and with what you do there. So yeah, that was a reason I just wasn't really a fan of the rigidity, the nerdiness and the competitiveness of Harvard. However, my best friend is going, two of my best friends are going to Harvard Business School next year. I'll still get the network because I got friends. So that's the cool thing too. Is like, if you have friends in this, the main reason people choose to go to business school is not for the education. Or I can't, I actually shouldn't say that. A lot of people that I met at Wharton Welcome Weekend were like veterans who had never taken a business class before and actually were there for the education. But for a lot of people, because your grades don't matter the education isn't particularly what they're focused on. So it's more about the network. And when you think about what works in business and how business works, the network is really what it's it's like, it's not what you know, it's who you know, you know what I'm saying? So that's why a lot of times in business school, like as long as you have friends who are going to these schools, like you can be connected to them, you know? So I'm happy about that, but I am really excited that I get to go to Wharton because I feel like the community and the culture is very aligned to who I am. The reason for that is one, during the application process, they had a separate preparation call for those of us who were identified as black with the black students there who were willing to give us everything that, they need, that we needed to apply. And I found that to be really in line with what I had thought about Penn, you know, from the people from undergrad, like the black community there. That was really nice and then secondly every single person who I had reached out to on LinkedIn about the application process so the unique thing about Wharton's application is that there's a team-based interview so you basically get sit you get put into a group of six people and you have to answer questions about a specific experience a specific like business problem all together and that was really daunting for a 21 year old who is applying to school you know what I'm saying so they, really helped me when I whenever I reached out to them on LinkedIn. And I was like, what do I do about this? Everyone set up a call with me. Everyone was super nice. And I can't say that for every other school. So the Harvard people were definitely less inclined to help as were the Columbia people. And so that was a little like that demonstrative of like the people here are really excited about this school. The other thing is every alum that I spoke to about Wharton the first thing they would say is, oh my God, I am so jealous. It was the best time of my life. So that just gave me like a really good understanding that people really liked their experiences there and they had fun and they loved it. Everyone has been willing to talk. Everyone is so collaborative and they're such a great community. And that is why I ultimately chose Wharton. And of course, you know, it being ranked highly helps with that. But I also just think that If Columbia or Kellogg had had that same level of community and like that black community that was really, really close knit, I would have easily considered them, you know, because like once you're in the top seven business schools, you kind of are just playing for culture, you know. So for that reason, um, that's why I ended up choosing Wharton. That was my why Wharton. The other cool perks about it are that it's only an hour and a half train ride from New York City, so I can still connect with my friends here. I can still like be close to New York. The other perk is that Philly is actually pretty cute and they have a great food scene and I'm excited about that. And of course, I mean, the education, you can't beat it. It, It's the oldest business school. It has the biggest network. That is something I'm excited about. The other cool thing is that the dean of the Wharton School is a black woman, Erica James, and she was appointed... In 2020, which is really cool because we got to hear her speak at Admit Weekend. She's so interesting and I really, really loved the conversation that she had. So I overall am really happy with my choice. That's sort of my application process and how I tuned into getting it getting in. We have had to like pay money every year to like secure our spots. And that is really annoying, but whatever. I I chose to start three years after school because I felt two years I would be a little too young. And also tech is obviously in a weird place right now. I wanted to take time to work on my business. So yeah. Next up, let's talk about what I learned at Admit Weekend and let me answer some of your guys' questions about that. What do you hope to get out of business school is a question I got a lot. So to give you a little background on business school and what the culture is like, it's very different from any other master's program or any other like law school program because your grades technically, quote, don't matter. So what that means is that every top business school essentially has... Grade non-disclosure, which means that you don't have to tell your employers what your grades are, so they can't hold that against you when you're applying for things. I mean, you know, usually in undergrad you have to have like a high GPA, and that has to help you. That helps you get in the door at these companies. But if you are recruiting for big companies, which is what most people come to their MBA program to do, um, I would say the main reasons people get their MBA is one to switch careers, two to get more expertise so that they can further accelerate in their own careers or to three, you know, just have a good time because their company is sponsoring it. That is a few of the reasons a lot of people, I would say probably 80% of people are getting their MBA for. So recruiting is a big portion of what people are going there for. It's getting their foot in the door at a big private equity firm or a consulting firm or an accounting firm. And so that's a lot of their goals. Now, if your grades don't matter, that means that that time suck of class and homework can sort of be taken out of the equation and you can focus on networking with people and going to recruiting events and studying for the interviews that you have to do to get the job at that company. A lot of people are focused on that. If your grades don't matter, it makes it a lot easier. For me, my grades don't technically matter because I'm there to do entrepreneurship. So I personally don't consider myself to be someone who is going to skip class. I don't like the idea of like disrespecting a professor's time. I personally want to learn things while I'm there too because we didn't have a business undergrad option at Northwestern. We only had economics. And I minored in entrepreneurship, obviously, but you couldn't major in entrepreneurship. So I don't have a huge business background and there are things that I want to learn. And there's incredible professors there. I mean, Adam Grant, like seriously, like there's incredible professors there. So I definitely want to take my academics seriously. And by seriously, I mean, I want to go to class and stuff like that. But when I asked people at or Admit Weekend, like, oh, how seriously do you take academics, etc.?" they would be like, I go to class and everything like that. But for those of us, if you can get into Wharton, that means that in undergrad, you were probably incredibly studious and like focused really hard on getting A's and stuff like that. And so if it's different than that. You're not going to be studying like super stressed out about whether or not you get an A minus or a B plus, but you are going to want to like grasp the concepts that you are taking in. I understood that. And that's probably where I'll be. Like, I want to go to class. I want to take it seriously. But I'm not gonna lose sleep over whether or not I get like an 85 or an 87. You know what I'm saying? So that's the T. Because the grades are not as important. Partying and travel are very prominent in these top MBA programs. The reason I'm saying top MBA programs is that I have a lot of people who reach out to me. They're like, is this true across all MBA programs? And I only looked at M7. So M7 is the top seven ranked MBA programs. And M7 is basically just the top schools. So they're, those, they're, the culture at these top schools, going into these top firms where a lot of super rich kids also come in to get their MBAs is, a, is is probably different than a state school MBA program. And I don't say that to be elitist. I say it because it's a different culture. And I think anyone can agree that like going to... like For example, if I didn't get into Northwestern, I was going to go to Mizzou. Mizzou and Northwestern are completely different experiences because of the people who choose to go to those schools and because of the academic differences. That's simply true. One is not better than the other. It's about your personal preference and it's about your personal circumstances, but they are different, which is why I'm emphasizing that at the top MBA programs, travel and partying are very much a part of the culture. So much to the point where a lot of students end up taking out loans in addition to their student loans to be able to finance these elaborate trips and these elaborate parties. And that is something that I guess I like kind of knew when I was in undergrad, but I didn't understand the extent of it until this weekend when they explained to me what the travel situation and what the financial situation was going to look like. So MBAs cost a lot of money, especially when you're getting them from these big ass schools. And I am... Not you know I, I I'm in everybody else's boat. I had a full ride for undergrad, which is really nice. So I don't have any student debt now. But I'm going into over six figures of student debt for my MBA. The only reason I feel comfortable doing that is because of two reasons. The first is. If you look at the numbers, the average timeline to pay back your student loans for Wharton students is about seven and a half years. So that means I'll be less than 35 years old when I'm done paying them off, which is fine with me. And two, the average starting salary for Wharton grads after they graduate is a base of $175,000. And so that'll be great for me. Um, I'm not personally recruiting. I want to do entrepreneurship so my base salary might be less than that but a lot of people's goals with entre- I don't really know what my goals are but if I do go the route of entrepreneurship build a company and sell it then obviously I can pay off my loans and if not and I go the route of being an influencer I would be making that 175,000 easily so um that's yeah that's that's how I feel about it everyone I've talked to about the loans including my ex director at nor at um, Google, I asked him about it, and he was like, "They didn't give me any money either." And I was a struggling actor before I went to my to my MBA. And at the end of your career, your loans are literally just a rounding error on your financial spreadsheet. Like, do not worry about it. And that made me feel a lot better. And that's honestly what every single person who has graduated has said: is that it's not that big of a deal. And I think that's a very. It feels really out of touch to hear that when you're like about to take out six figures and loans. But if everyone is saying that there has to be some truth to it. So I'm sure that my mind will change and having that data to back up, like the reason I'm taking things out is really helpful. So knowing it won't be like a lifelong struggle and that I'll still be able to buy a house and have kids is nice. So uh, the financial part of it is still a little daunting and because I am able to make money as an influencer while I'm there, that also helps me offset the cost of things like travel and things like my apartment and things like party tickets. That was an unexpected cost. I was very shocked to learn is that every party costs between like 60 and $150 and then people are going out to dinner all the time, which costs money. If you want to have coffee with somebody, that's going to cost money you have to join clubs and there's lots of different clubs. People join between like six and 10 clubs because the clubs are what host the parties and those costs like $150 each. So it's definitely a daunting because it wasn't as, I wasn't expecting to have those like $3,000 costs, you know, when I started school, but it just means I'm going to have to figure it out and go a little bit harder. You know what I'm saying? So That's the overwhelming part of it. People are asking, what do I hope to get out of business school? The answer to that is I want to learn more about myself and my skills and have a clear vision for what I want out of my career. Because as of right now, I do really enjoy influencing, but I know it's not something, it's like Hollywood. like There's not a lot of actors who can do it for more than 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I want to figure out a big goal for me is to use these two years to figure out what I want and also to scale to collective. So I obviously started a robe business and I really enjoy doing it, but it's not something I can do on my own. And that's what I've learned in the first like year or so of business is that it's not something I can do on my own. I need help. So hopefully I could find, you know, some people to help me with the business. Um, and also I want to raise capital for Two Collective. So I've been completely bootstrapped so far, which means I've paid for everything myself. And that has come out of my influencer earnings. So anything I would earn as an influencer would immediately go into Two Collective and I would finance my lifestyle from my job at Google. However since i don't have a job at google anymore my influencer business has to finance my current lifestyle so i have to like really figure out what i want to do with the business because as of right now like in order to scale you have to invest a lot of money and of course there are sales coming in and that's making the business profitable technically at least the products themselves are pro- are profitable However, it is not at a point where I could launch all the colors that I want, or I can send all the influencers I want to send to, or I can hire PR. It's not where I wanted to be to be a full-fledged business, and that takes money, and I don't want to stress myself out where all that money has to come from my brand deal income, you know, because that needs to pay for my lifestyle now. So. I want to raise capital while I'm there. And luckily, while you're in school, it's a lot easier, I think, to raise capital because their school has so many grants for like new entrepreneurs and stuff like that. So that's where sort of my goals are. I also really want to build a great network and build great friendships. While I was in college, I was way more insecure. And I think that had a huge impact on the friendships that I made because I wasn't being myself while I was in college. Because of that reason, I really want to make great friendships. And while I was at admit weekend, I met a lot of people that I could really see myself being close friends with. And I think that's really nice. I mean, to have other people who are from similar backgrounds as you who are just as ambitious as you are in one place. I just find that that is such a unique experience. And I'm really excited to experience that. That is my overview on Wharton. I start in August with something called preterm, which is where you essentially, I don't know, do like a leadership class with your whole cohort. I start in August. I'm moving in mid-July, And before that, I am planning on for the month of May, obviously I'll be in Europe for a month with Jeff traveling, which is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience I'm so excited about. Let me know if you guys want me to do like a travel episode and I'll get that up for you. And then after that, going to be in New York for my last month in New York. And then my mom is going to come visit. My mom, my aunt, my cousin are going to come visit. And then I'm going to the Drake concert. They're already planning trips for my cohort which is so insane like i don't know how i'm going to do this but there's like a trip in june and i'm like jesus christ like i don't know if i have time for that then i move in july and then i start in august so we will have a lot to look forward to on business school content i hope this answered a lot of your all's questions about everything from student loans to classes to what i what my application process was like etc that being said let's move on to some april favorites jesus this episode is long i'm so sorry um, so some April favorites, I'll keep this quick so that we are not here for 45 years. Some April favorites are, I really have been loving listening to my friends' podcasts. So Haley Hoffman Smith, she's been on the show before. Her podcast, Big Conversations, is so good. And then Balanced Less, obviously, is doing Balanced Black Girl. Her podcast recently about getting out of a rut and stuff like that has been super like, amazing for me. And Dolma, at I Am Dolma, she has a great podcast as well, and she did 100 Days of Podcasts, and I really enjoyed listening to those. So those are some things I'm really enjoying. In addition to that... Another thing I've been loving is scrolling Pinterest. I think that I've talked about this a few times before, but I'm in a phase of my life where I'm really reconsidering what I want my future to look like. I feel like a lot of my content creator career, I was just doing things that I knew would get views and I wasn't doing things that I knew I would be excited about. So now I'm kind of like in that phase where I'm like, I'm really reconsidering and trying to like visualize my future and Pinterest has been a really big help for that. I'm also reading the book *The Fabulous Bouvier Sisters* about Jackie Kennedy and Lee Radziwill, which are which are this obviously you know Jackie Kennedy is, and it's a really interesting book. And I'm like a little history buff. I really love historical books. Like *Vanderbilt* by Anderson Cooper was one of my favorite reads last year. And what this is helping me do is actually like tap into my inner like nerd in a way, because I feel like I would always be reading self-help books and spirituality books instead of reading things that were really interesting to me. I mean, self-help and spirituality are interesting to me, but when you think too much about that, you can't really put it into practice. So it's really fun for me to read like historical books. So I really encourage you to just bite the bullet and not be so focused on productivity all the time and just get into things that you're excited about. Some shows I've been loving are obviously Succession, you guys know, and also Million Dollar Listing LA. I think that you all, hopefully if you follow me, you love real estate and apartments and stuff like that. Million Dollar Listing is so much freaking better than Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset, they are not even real estate agents. They don't sell that stuff. It's like literally fake. And Million Dollar Listing is for the girls who really, really like real estate and really enjoy that that shit is so good. I love that show. Another thing I'm loving are these Neuromints that I got in a PR package. They are like the energy and focus in Neuromints. They have natural caffeine, L-theanine, and B vitamins. And they also just like have a fresh pepperminty taste. And I really like them when I need a boost of energy. So like while I was at Wharton, we had like a day of programming. And by like 2pm, it was after lunch, I was, we had had tacos for lunch, so my breath smelled and I was just like exhausted because after I eat, I get really tired, blood sugar, you know how it is. And I took one of these and like, it, it really helps me get through the afternoon. So I highly recommend that. Another thing is that I have been shopping at a few different stores. So I just did a huge order from Mango, which I've never done before. Lady Diana May on TikTok. You guys probably know who she is. She's a legend. I want to have her on the show. She has such great style and she's always shopping at Mango. So I did my first order from them. I'm going to do a haul on my, t- on my Instagram. So definitely go check that out if you want to see what I got. But they have really cute pieces for summer and I'm really excited about that. And I think that that might be all. I think for skincare and face care, a final rec, which I think I might've talked about before is actually Ami Kole. I've been loving their skin tint. I got a facial that really helped me clear up a lot of acne and hyperpigmentation. And so the skin tint has just really helped me look a lot glowier. And their lip oil and their eyebrow gel is really what I've just been putting on my face every day so I can like feel like a human, put on a little concealer and we're good to go. So Those are my favorites. Oh, final one is the YSL Black Opium Perfume. I had never bought this because I just thought the bottle was kind of ugly, but it smells exactly how I want to smell. And it's my new like perfume for like this phase of my life. You guys know I like to do a different perfume for different experiences. Like I have one that I wear when I'm with my boyfriend, one that I wear when I meet new friends, one that I used to wear to the office every single time. So I like to like have scent like basically – help me be in whatever environment i'm in so i really like that so that is my update that is this week's episode i hope you enjoyed how long it was i just wanted to answer all the questions in one place and then we'll talk more about wharton when we get there in the fall so this is my definitive little here's the tea episode i really loved talking to you guys i will see you next week for another guest episode and don't forget that you are too smart to not love yourself Thank you so much for listening to Too Smart for this. I am so grateful that you took the time out of your day to take a listen to these conversations. If you're looking for more content, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Too Collective. And don't forget to follow me, your host, Alexis Barber, on the Gram TikTok as well. Don't forget, you can also watch our solo episodes on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Alexis Barber. And we do a weekly giveaway of PR products or Amazon gift cards cards to girls who leave great reviews down below. So please make sure to leave your reviews and follow us on Instagram to be notified in case you win. And with that, do not forget that you are too smart to not love yourself and see
1: you in the next episode. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, You create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.